I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Kia ora and welcome to another Aotearoa Rugby Pod. I'm Ross Carl. We're heading into the quarterfinals of Super Rugby. It's heating up. We had our last round on the weekend and the boys are absolutely fizzing. James Parsons here in Auckland, down in Christchurch. Crusaders halfback Bryn Hall. And, and before we get into anything else, Bryn, you were out on the weekend, last minute. What, what happened heading into that game? You, you were playing and then you weren't. Yeah, it was. It was the first um, first of my career, really. Um, it was just more so the back end of our back end of our session. Um, was just doing a bit of passing and went down low to pass the ball, and I just felt, kind of felt a jolt in the back, and um, it just kind of stiffened right up. And then um, tried to pass a little bit more, was a little bit stiff. Went into the changing room, went to see the doc, and um, just made a call not to um, not to play this week. But um, obviously, pretty disappointed. But I think um, the the physio staff will be seeing me a lot this week, trying to get my uh, my body back in shape for um, a big quarterfinal match against the Reds again this weekend. And being a Uani, you be a tribute to this. You'll be sitting up there analysing the Reds. We're playing them again next week. How am I going to take them down? Oh, 100 percent. There's a bit of old age coming through there, Brenner. <laughs> well, it seems it must be that way, mate. Because yeah, it's a, it's a first in my career, so um, hopefully it doesn't tend to, to go like that um, in these next couple of weeks, or maybe just on the weekend. Um, but yeah, I think um, a couple of uh, Vol- Voltarans this week will, uh, will, will fit me up, fix me up just nicely. Good on you. And boy. the Bryn Hall yellow bib oh, for yeah. lighter duties. Bib, bib up, bib up at all costs. <laughs> Take it when Captain, you can. Captain's run and play. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into it, let's just have a quick look at who's going to be playing this weekend. We've got the Crusaders versus the Reds on Friday. We've got the Chiefs versus the Tars uh, coming up on Saturday afternoon. Blues, Highlanders and Brumbies, Hurricanes this coming off a weekend of... I suppose a mixture of kind of games as players were rested and it was hard to really get your feel for exactly what was going on. So let's head into the quick fire round and we've got to put rules in place for the quick fire round because <laughs> Jesus hard to get quick questions from you blokes. Um, quick answers anyway. So 10 seconds max, quick fire round. Which match on the weekend best set their team up for the quarterfinals? Blues Tars. Why? Because the Blues are resting half their team and they'll come in fresh. Cool. Brenner. Yeah, I shared the same. Blues and the Waratahs. It set the Waratahs up just nicely as well, playing that kind of kind of game as well. Yeah, yeah. It's super interesting to see where the Blues will go this weekend. We'll get more into that about who we play and, and how we. Jeez, I'm getting behind idea. the Blues. Good idea, boy. Good idea, boy. I, I don't know how this happened, but at some point during the season, I started supporting the Blues. God bless you. And it's You live here. Just jump on the bandwagon, mate. Let's get blue everywhere. I feel even when counties was in the blues, we won two titles, 96, 97. 
and since then I haven't been with them at all. Walked away on top. Now I've got to jump back in at the right time, which, jump is, back which in. is right now. Jump back in. <laughs> um, so now that the quick fire round from me is all gone, uh, what about the player with the best form heading into the quarterfinals? Who are you liking? Off the back of the weekend just yeah. been? Yeah. Oh, probably Luke Romano. Um, it, was a, it was a tough weekend in terms of performance, individual performances, but I think someone of his experience at finals footy to come in um, with a bit of form is, is, is going to keep the other locks on edge as well. Your old mate Romano for you as well? No, it's not. Um, it's actually Will Jordan. I think um, he's going to be special in this kind of um, playoff series. And I guess he's a guy that can do something out of nothing. And I guess in these kind of moments, in these kind of games, um, you need a person like that that can continue to keep doing that. And Will's been doing that for us the whole year. There's no doubt he is exceptional. And as a guy who could make a massive impact on the playoffs. So that is the next question. Who is the most influential player in the playoffs for you? Oh, I think I think it's going to be a first five. I think um, it'd be either Richie or um, Bodie. I think those two have been pretty big around um, the success of of the Blues and the Crusaders. And I know come finals time, that the general usually the ten who plays well in those big games tends to have a massive influence on the game. So um, just for experience, I'm going to go Bodie and uh, Richie. They're the two main guys for me. I'm calling 25 seconds on that, but it was a good answer. So we'll move on. What about for you? I, I think it's going to be Bodie. I think you know he's come up here um, to to bring a title. He's, um, you know, obviously the Trans-Tasman isn't the complete package, so they want to go for the big one. I think um, all eyes will be on him. Expectation is Richie will deliver once again. OK. Will there be an upset this weekend? I feel like um, the Canes are going to get the Brumbies. Yep. Yeah. I just think, I, I, don't, I don't know what's happened to them, but that, uh, since that Crusaders game and they put everything into that Blues game and they lost it, they've almost forgotten how to win. Um, and, and they're... We'll go into the game later, but yeah, I think that, that'll be the upset. Yeah, three losses in a See row. See how I controlled myself there? Yeah, you did very, very well. Three losses in a row for the Brumbies. Bryn, what do you think of this question? Oh, I just don't think that's an upset. I just think it's, I think it's a real 50-50 game, that one. I think um, even though the, the Brumbies have been struggling the last couple of weeks, I just see it can go heads or tails either way, really. Obviously, with the performance of the Hurricanes on the weekend, um, it's going to be tough to travel to Canberra. But I actually think the Chiefs and the Waratahs, Keep an eye on that game. Um, the Waratahs came over not too long ago and they got a win in New Zealand and have got enough um, enough players in there with Michael Hooper and Gordon as well to be able to really test the Chiefs. So um, I'll back the Chiefs, but watch that Waratahs-Chiefs game. It'll be interesting. I think the Tars let themselves down. They, they should have won yeah. that game convincingly on the weekend. Um, I think yeah. they did their title hopes. Um, you know, it deflated them a little bit. It certainly, from my point of view, you know, that was a massive performance from the Blues forward pack to get that win. But the side that the Tars put out, the international experience, they should have done a lot better. <sighs> yeah, it's difficult for them. And they lost 51-27 in Hamilton in round 10. So, you know, they've got a bit to make up for there. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough trip. I, I think the Chiefs will get the job done. While we're talking about upsets, let's get on to the weekend's upset. Uh, an incredible performance from Juana Pacifica. Mm. And... I mean, it could be considered a very large upset. The question is, is it the greatest upset in Super Rugby history? No, I don't think so. I think that if you look at Moana Pacifica's year, they just haven't been allowed to get going. And on Tuesday night, they put out a team and rested a team. And it was probably the first time that they've had a full week that, that 15 in particular to go into a Saturday game fresh and I, I think it sends a message and, and you know you look at the Drua, the more home games they get they're going to become a tougher force and you know without COVID impacted seasons I don't think um, we've seen 
a fair reflection of that minor Pacifica t side, and I, th I think they'll be better for more regular, short, uh, longer turnarounds. Mm. And, that, and that showed, and they just didn't, it wasn't just the way they played, they didn't allow the Brumbies to play their game. Uh, you know, Bryn, their kicking game for the Brumbies is what sets up their, their victories. They play in the right area of the park, they're great at the contestable game. They only kick 17 times. You know, normally they're a 30 plus team, Nick White's box kicks, Lola CO Long and then you know even Banks as well. So um, yeah, I, I think the way they handled the red card as well, like they scored points. They 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 put points on top of points in that period. Um, so I, I think it was a great way for them to finish to send a message that you know give us an an even chance and we're we're good to go. Mm, mm. How do you rate their season then, Bryn? Considering you know they've got two wins in it, including one against a team that a couple of weeks ago could have been second on the table. Um, you know, that's a pretty solid effort. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a win for them, I guess, finishing in those kind of circumstances with that performance against a Brumbies team that, you know, we probably expected to win that game. Um, the way they finished the season was was a great reflection of, I guess, what they've gone through. Look, we talked around their, um, their COVID issues around very early in Queenstown, then having a couple of storm weeks, and then that's continued throughout the whole season. So when they have got that preparation right, and like Jip said, um, they got that, that week to be able to have that preparation for the Brumbies, even though it was in a storm week, they can get things right. So um, the exposure and the moments that they've had in the season, and being able to play those teams and I guess get a, an idea of what it looks like week to week, um, I think you know moving forward for next year, they'll be expecting the expectations a little bit higher. But I think which is the way they finished, um, they'll take a lot of confidence out of that and knowing that um, they can they can test it with the best of the teams. You know, the Brumbies were you know one of the top Australian teams, and then got their earlier one against the Hurricanes. So um, I'd say it'd probably be, you know, if we're going out of 10, it'd be a four or five, um, because you know, they probably would have had a higher expectation of themselves getting a couple more wins, but just due to the fact of how many hurdles they've had, um, that would be my um, my score for them this year. So if they can command, if they can maintain consistency, try to say that three times quickly, <laughs> um, for next season within their playing squad, what should they be aiming for next year? Well, I think they have to aim for playoffs. Um, you know, if you think, let alone um, just consistency throughout the in-season, you know, getting a decent pre-season, they couldn't get into Auckland, they had to do it, you know, really on their own in different parts of the country, then come together and try and build a culture, you know, like it just has been, you know, hurdle after hurdle, so I think they're a realistic chance, and if they can get a, um, you know, a few more senior players, you know, if, if Sokopi and um, Christian don't come back. They're, they're key cogs in, mm. in, in their success. So that you know, a little bit more experience in and around, maybe from guys in Europe um, coming back, looking to you know give back to their community. It could be really exciting for them. It would be. And their season isn't over as far as if you've got Sky Sport, though. You'll be able to watch All Access Moana Pacifica. It's on June 21, Tuesday night, June 21. It's going to be wonderful insight into their culture and into how they've developed this year and how they are so much different from every other team in the way that they approach it. It's really, really good insight. So look forward to that. More All Access and more documentaries next month on Sky. There's my plug. How good. Yeah. I'm yeah. looking for the nice. Highlanders one as well. The Highlanders one's next week. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you, have you watched it? Oh, no, I just saw the little teaser. All right. And, uh, flick you through a coffee. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it's, it's a very, very good, insightful documentary. Um, so, yeah, really going to be a good... We've got Dan Carter All Access as well. Um, and we've also got... What's the last one? Um, Māori All Blacks as yeah. well, and All Access with them, basically. So, yeah, it's going to be really... Oh, a bit really of Brenner. bit of Brenner. Yeah, I think Brenner might, might make an appearance in there along the way. At, at, oh, least, at least a couple oh, of I remember, shots. I do remember those cameras. <laughs> those cameras there, so. 
good part of me. <laughs> it's always the right side of Brenner. Such oh, a perfectly yeah. made face, you know. Look at this. Very symmetrical. Yeah, yeah. There's not a bad side there at all. Okay, moving on. Crusaders Reds for you, Bryn. Uh, obviously, this Friday, you guys are coming off a win against the Reds. Um, what have you taken out of that when you look at who was selected for your team, how they played, and how that's all going to change this week in a repeat in a quarterfinal? Um, well, I think first and foremost, getting the win um, was important. You know, we, with us beating the, um, you know, being able to, I guess, have it in our, in our own hands. If we won that game, we, we sewed up second. And so we're able to do that. But I guess a few things that we did um, were a little bit disappointed around was more so just our, our execution. Uh, we made a lot of mistakes and kind of pivotal moments in those games, whether it be scoring a try or just the last pass or, you know, not getting that ruck right. Whereas probably in the last month, we've had a really good uh, ruthlessness around that. And so it was a little bit disappointing for us on the weekend. And probably our kick game wasn't as great as well. We probably did a few um, aimless kicks around, kicking it to their, to their boys, to the Reds boys. And then they were able to attack or we'll get some 50-22s just on the back of our, of our kicks. And so... Um, those are the few things that we looked at. I think we could do a lot better, uh, but I think for us, it's, it's finals week, and I think the, um, the Reds will take a lot of confidence from their result on the weekend. I think if they can get their start better, I think Brad Thorne will have a massive emphasis on that. Uh, if they can get that right, um, you know, it gives them a good opportunity to be able to get a W in, uh, in Christchurch. And so um, they stuck at it for the whole 80, and you know the score probably didn't reflect how close the game was. And uh, we walked away from it thinking, look. We've got to do a few things better because um, if we don't get that right and, you know, the Reds um, get a hot start, um, then we're, we're um, going to put ourselves in a pretty difficult situation coming to the quarterfinal on Friday night. What will the Reds need to do better? Oh, I think sort of secure their own set piece but disrupt. You know, like if you let the Crusaders play on their terms down in Christchurch and they get the accurate kicking game going and can challenge that back three with contestables um, and or, um, you know, long and in, in terms of touching the grass rather than straight to players, um, you know that that'll be tough. Um, but I think we all know that if if they can do those little bits and then compete at the breakdown, then then they'll give themselves a chance. And and they were pretty even. They they got more breakdown turnovers than the Crusaders on the weekend. So that was an area that they managed to disrupt. Um, if they can keep that going, then you know they're, they're definitely a chance. But I don't know. It's a tough place to win. Christchurch and in those dewy conditions that are just so you know skillful and um, I suppose they've adapted to that those conditions so well they've just got a game plan and a blueprint that works for them and, and they execute. The only people who think that the opposition could possibly win is the opposition is the opposition and the Crusaders because the Crusaders can't afford not to think that way and the opposition have to think that way but everybody else looking at it is thinking something completely different they're just thinking Crusaders Reds at home. Okay, see you in the semis. Yeah. You know? Um, how do That's you what guys... Bryn thinks too. Yeah. <laughs> how do you guys approach it? Because that is the way that when I read that, that's exactly what I thought. Oh, I just think, um, yeah, that could be the, the perception of, of the public and, and the media. But I guess for us, um, you just, you're not guaranteed anything. And I guess in finals footy, it's, it's, it's a completely different part of the season. It's one and done. And you don't get next week to be able to get things right. So... I think for us, it's been able to have a little bit more edge around, you know, the things that I talked about, us being able to get better at that. But um, I think our intent and our, um, I guess, our concentration and detail and preparation um, goes a little bit deeper because I think, you know, the Reds will take a lot of confidence playing us and seeing a few trends that, we're, that we've had um, and then vice versa. But I know for us, uh, we're under no illusions that, you know, we're probably going to get a better Reds team. 
um, they'll take confidence in that. Um, staying another week in Christchurch as well, being able to acclimatise to our conditions, being able to train in that, and being able to uh, see that. And so um, for us, we don't really concentrate on the semi-final or the final. Uh, we just concentrate on week to week and trying to get our preparation, our trainings through the week to be able to then go out on the field and execute. And so I guess one thing, one experience that we do have is we've had a lot of guys that have played finals footy, but uh, that's the only the thing that you, you can kind of take away from it. You've still got to be able to do the work and... For us, um, it's going to be a big, big week for us preparation-wise and then coming out on the weekend expecting a completely different Reds team and the improvements um, that they're expected to make as well. Brenna, just picking up, if you guys go all the way, do you reckon the Waratahs game is exactly what you needed to have that mindset or have that edge going into the finals just just because it, it hasn't worked and it hasn't gone all your way the whole year? Um, if we do, if we're able to get that opportunity, then I guess you could say. But I think we already know, and I've probably alluded it to a bit on this on this podcast around how pivotal that game was for us. And it was just more so trends um, that wasn't used to us. You know, it was our intent, um, our commitment. You know, you talked around Tony Brown and his thoughts around the Highlanders the week before, around questioning your 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 mindset. And so um, for us, it's pretty bad when we hear that those kind of messages coming from our coaches and even us as leaders as well having that question. Um, it kind of set us set us back to zero, really, um, mm. and being able to, uh, a few things that we wanted to work out and being able to come into review, these are your non-negotiables. Look, execution and mistakes are going to happen, but you're never going to question our intent and our mindset around getting that right. So um, that Waratahs game was a really good opportunity for us to be able to see that, take things back and being able to look, um, not just um, at our game, but off the field and being able to connect together as management and players to see how can we be better. And so we got a few things that we thought that, um, or things that we needed to work on. Um, and it's just been a continuation moving forward. And it's been able to evolve that as well, Jim. I'm not going to go into details too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm hoping maybe we can do that after the year. Yeah, but yeah. Um, there's just in our reviews now that um, we can see that um, it's based on our review and keeping ourselves accountable to that every single week. Well, they, they do say the best gifts come poorly wrapped. So <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll be it. <laughs> it would be nice if we could get a little whiteboard in behind and Brent could just start with the X's and O's and run us through that. He wouldn't dare. <laughs> um, it, now, of course, the Tars are going to the Chiefs. And as you said a little bit earlier in the quick fire round, you think that that is possibly a 50-50 call. What do the Tars bring that you think will make the Chiefs struggle? Oh, I think, um, you know, I think of Dewey Knights and I think the game when they played against us um, in, in, in Sydney, very Dewey, very wet. And uh, Jake Gordon's kicking game and even their um, their outside backs as well, their kicking game uh, really put us under pressure. And so if they can get that right, you know, a lot of these Australian teams, you see Tate McDermott and um, Nick White, their experience of their kicking game, getting to that 15-metre line and then being able to execute their contestable games. Um, they've got a lot of pay out of that uh, during the season. So I think if the conditions are a little bit dewy and Jake Gordon can be able to do that, uh, continue to put them in that washing machine cycle under pressure, and then physicality-wise, um, when they played us, they were physical at the breakdown and slowing down our ball. And then on top of when they had their ball, um, they were able to um, dominate collisions and then pick up points through three points through discipline errors or just being able to score points. So um, it's going to be a hard ask, though. Um, you know, they've got to get a lot of things right in those games to be able to compete against the, the Chiefs. They'll be buoyed by um, playing at home. But um, I think those are some of the areas that they can take um, from our, from their win against us. And even in the Blues as well, they had opportunities to win that game. So... There's enough there for them, uh, but a lot of things have to go right for them to be able to get the result in Hamilton um, come Saturday. That was a hell of a win for the Blues, in, in my opinion, after copping yellow cards early, struggling to score for a lot of the game, and then getting over the line with a team that was well and truly under strength. That really shows something about that squad, that you can go to the B team and still get that kind of result away from home under duress. 
Yeah, look, I, I think um, what I liked most is when they were behind, they went to the forward pack, they went to the mall, they muscled up and they, they just grinded that victory. It wasn't anything flash, but it was just pure and utter determination to get a result, led by the skipper, um, but you know everyone else followed. Um, and I think uh, uh, Zahn Sullivan moving to 10, I know he kicked the drop goal, but once he moved to 10, it, you know, it looked like you know, they got some real drive and impetus um, in and around their game plan and, and managed to drive it home. And I just think um, that ability to win games, we've spoken about the Blues have you know, multiple ways to win games now. And that, to me, shows that it stems all the way through the squad of an understanding of what their strengths and weaknesses are and what they can go to. Because there was a time they would be in that same position with a similar thing that could happen and it didn't quite happen and that was with the very best team and now you look at right throughout the squad you can see it getting over the line the patience Bryn they showed in the last two minutes for phase after phase after phase and not stuffing it up yeah it is mate and I guess it comes back to the to the to the group and I guess how much work Leon McDonald and you know Tom Coventry and Dan Halangahu um, how much work they've done the past couple of years because it take it does take a bit of time to be able to win those games and be able to have those experiences. Oh, you look at the one in the Perth; they did it defensively. I don't know how many. I don't know how many how many phases was that chip? Oh, Twenty eight phases. Yeah. That's the line game. Even though, they don't, even though they don't play, they don't play well. They got the win. Um, you talk about Dalton Papali and Rico Yuani when they played against us, having that try saving tackle, and then you've got the ability to be able as well to be able to go into the seventy eighth minute, being able to have those um, opportunities and setting up that play for Zan Sullivan to have that drop goal moment, um, it just kind of shows where, these, where the Blues are at the moment, the growth that they've had in the past 24 months. Um, it's, it's very, very impressive. And so a lot of that team can take a lot of confidence out of that. And it probably just shows, Jip, you've been in that environment, but just from afar, it looks like they care. They care about their, their team. Um, they've got a great culture and they're, they're working for each other, both on and off the ball. And so um, it's going to take a pretty special result to be able to beat those boys because um, they can win in very, very different ways that we've just talked about. Um, but they're showing a lot of, um, a lot of care in their, in, their, in their side, and so it's bloody impressive. And it's like I said, um, it's going to be a, take a hell of an effort uh, to beat that Blues team at the moment. And I, I think it's care in terms of preparation throughout the week, um, and the respect to have the opportunity to wear the jersey. If you look at Tofa, um, the young nine, you know, two or three caps in, and he has the ability to control the forwards, control the forwards, pull trigger. That, that's not easy to do, is it, Bryn? Like, that's actually quite a hard job knowing when to pass that pass back and um, when's one ruck too many that you know the ref may see that it's opportunity to get to it, turn over. So I think with the two really young 9 and 10, and I know Zahn's played a lot of footy at 15, but he's in that 10-roll, he's the game driver, he's in charge. And then um, the ability to get his pitching wedge out too because they, they got a good run on him mm. and he, he managed to go high over the top of the like, I was like, this is outstanding. Um, and as soon as he hit it, he put his hands up. Um, but, but I think those are the players. Like There was a lot of young men out there, a lot of inexperienced players out there. And to deliver the way they did in that last 20 was just, yeah, oh, I was, as a past Blues player, I was extremely proud watching that. Just to set up for the drop, he was kind of ballsy too, because <laughs> you could go for the penalty, especially when time's up on the clock. The droppy is a, an in or out call. Yeah. And he's clearly confident in his ability. That's what I like. They just seemed in control. And I reckon, as Bryn says, it looks like they show a lot of care. But I think in terms of a tangible visual of that care, it's what they're doing Monday to Friday to enable them to have that confidence. So did yeah, I, I probably... So just thinking around that, you know, I don't know that, that environment, but just you know, it looks like the, the preparation around scenarios um, has been pretty good. Mm. You know, there's been defensive mindsets around being able to long phase counts as preparation and being able to understand and be disciplined enough 
to not give away the hero play or the penalty to lose that game. Um, and then talk about the Crusaders Blues um, scenario. And then you talk around um, the ability to be able to close out a game and being able to set up for a drop goal and being able to be disciplined enough for X amount of phases to hold your feet, get the clean out right, not give away a silly penalty. Um, so it looks like they've done a lot of work around there. And I could probably imagine they've done those scenarios and trainings um, a lot during the year, and not just this year, but probably the last couple of years. Is there any chance that any of those players on the weekend who don't usually feature in the 15 or the 23 are going to force their way in off the back of that? Potentially, yeah. I think you, you notice, well, I notice in particular on social media, a lot of the players put up, um, you know, little quote marks of baby blues and, um, you know, why are they sending a team when the record's on the line? So they had a chip on the shoulder. They, they, they definitely went over there um, wanting to prove a point as individuals, but as that group, you know, that everyone perceived as a B team. Um, and to get the job done, I think they would have shown the coaches. But it might even not be through a selection. It, it gives the ability, if there's injuries, in the next two to three weeks, you can, you can guarantee there's people that are going to step up and they've got the character to fight and stay in that fight. So who are you thinking? What names are you putting down? Oh, I mean, that's a question without notice. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't put a hell of a lot. But, <laughs> I mean, one off the top of my head would be, does Luke Romano start? Mm. Yeah. That's probably... I was just going to say about that, I'm just going to say around there, who would you pick as your locking partners? Yeah, well, because I, they've got four. I, I don't know. I, don't don't um, underestimate the impact of Josh Goodhue as well. He's just that was his first game back from injury. Um, you know, James Tucker's been going well. Sam Derry's been outstanding. So um, there's there's plenty of heat going on in that forward pack. Um, Aki got some good minutes due to um, an injury to Anton. So um, what that loose forward trio makeup looks like. Mm. Um, Reek's coming back, but. I don't think the, the young fellow Evans did his um, chances any harm. You know, I think he was top tackler, 15 no misses, uh, ran the ball hard. So th there's a number in there. Um, Zahn, you know, challenging Stevie and, and Bodie for, for, for a start. A few weeks ago, we talked about whether the Highlanders kind of were the dark horse coming in here. I think after a couple of weeks now, maybe that feeling has subsided slightly. Bryn, do you feel like the Highlanders are a chance against the Blues at Eden Park? Oh, they're always a chance. Um, I think they'll be probably having that review thinking they've got the job done. They would have obviously want to won that game. But I think any time you want to take the Highlanders lightly, um, they love that tag. You know, Jipper said it a lot around, uh, look, they would have loved to have their form a lot better and been able to be more confident around that. But look, you're in the playoff. You've done enough to be able to get there and you've got nothing to lose. All the pressure isn't on them. It's on the Blues. You know, their expe expectation is for... Blues to win that com comfortably, um, and the Highlanders can just throw the kitchen sink around, um, be able to try to win that game. And I guess for them, it's been able to say, how long can you stay in that game to be able to try and force the Blues to be able to do uncharacteristic things? We probably haven't seen uh, this year, but you know the Highlanders have got enough there. You have got Aaron Smith, um, you've always got Falau Fakatawa when he comes off off the bench, and if the game's close, be able to bring in someone like that um, to be able to put pressure on the Blues at the breakdown, um, and then also depending um, if Mitchie Hunt comes back at, at ten. Um, or Marty Banks as well. So um, you'd have to say the Blues are the favourite, but, you know, the Highlanders, we've known in the past, what they need is a bit of a sniff and a bit of a chance, and it's Fodles footy. It doesn't matter how the season's gone. I mean, you're, in the, you're in the final, you're in the final eight, and it's just a one and done, whoever gets the job done on the night. Mm. I, it's hard to see it happening, though. It is. That Blues side know how to get it done. I, I think at Eden Park as well. Like, that, that is... Um, they love playing there. Absolutely... Um, it almost just brings another dimension out of them in, in front of their people and I know that that's a big purpose as to why they turn up every day to make sure that they're hungry, to make sure they can go out and um, deliver 
on what they've promised. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it will be a big ask. Still think um, they're always a chance, and I, I liked what I saw from Philomone Karoi. Um, <laughs> you know, like there, there's elements that it could go, it could be 14 point tries, but it could be the, the um, thing that makes or breaks. So they've got they've got firepower there. They've, you know, Timu was strong. Um, you, you look at that loose forward tree of Lynchy's Harmon, um, Marino's in, in some form at the moment. You know, he, he just keeps delivering. So there, there's enough there. And, and yeah, I just think you'd be mad. And, and I certainly know the Blues won't be taking them lightly. Mm. And they'll want to be ruthless. They will want to win convincingly. They will want to send a message. And they probably need to send a message because a lot of the conversation that you read, especially on social media, is that a team with four wins is into the playoffs. And you know what does that mean for the integrity of this playoff system? I think it's outstanding because I don't know how many more eyes would have tuned in on the weekend, but I'm sure they did after the Hurricanes lost. Like it made it yeah. interesting. And this is you know we're talking about games that wouldn't matter if it was a top four. And you know it, it keeps people engaged. And I know some people see it as ridiculous and so forth, but I just don't. I just think it makes it entertaining because there's something on the line. If there's nothing on the line, why, what's exciting about it? Mm. And, and in the case of the Blues, if you can't beat a team with only four wins in the season, you don't deserve to win the title. So you know this game offers the Highlanders a chance and also offers the Blues a chance but to show you know this is who we are. If the Highlanders go on to win, it's a reflection of how hard this comp is, that eight can, yep. you know, with four. So, I mean, either way, it's an advert for the comp, which is, is what, what we need, is people being engaged in our games. So, look, it, it's no team wants to have um, a, a win-loss record that's, you know, heavily weighted to the loss, but you're not always going to get the top size always winning. You know, the Blues, 13 in a row, that's a record. That's a club record. You think about all the great teams that have gone before this side, and it's a club record. Like the Crusaders, you know, um, in years gone by, you're not going to see a, a top teams taking all those wins off the bottom teams. So it will even out um, as as competition strengthen. We've just spoken about where Moana Pacifica can get to, where Fiji and Drua can get to when they're playing more home games. Like this comp is in its first year, and mm. I've, I believe it's only going to get better. Let's talk about clearly passionate. See, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you look at like you know, serious answer, serious answer need from you boys. Did you think like the Brumbies would lose to Mona Pacifica? No, absolutely not. I like, didn't. I, 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 I wouldn't pick them if I thought that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think you know, and it comes back to this: the finals footy is completely, it's completely different game of footy. There's a little bit more pressure. Um, it's a different feel. It's a different game. And all you need is a few things to go your way to be able to see, um, you know, look, the Blues and even like other teams as well have been you know, winning through the whole year. But, you know, when there's, when there's pressure put on you, um, it's, you know, it's a different thing, especially when there's no, there's no, there's no, no more Monday if you don't mm. get it right. So, um, yeah, obviously the Blues will be favourites, but, you know, the Highlanders, I know Nuggy and that team, he'll be, he'll be, you know, putting a few seasons for those boys um, to put in a performance up at Eden Park as well. And they'll be relishing that going up to Eden Park. I even talked to Nug I heard Nuggy after the, his press conference, his um, interview after the game, sorry, saying that, you know, the, the chance and the experience of going up to Eden Park, um, again, is another awesome it, thing they get to be able to do for, for it's, the final as well. It's not foreign for them either. That, that was a trans-Tasman yep. final. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Also, um, they would have learned a lot from that. They'll, they'll take a lot from that. So, and it was very similar that night. The Blues were expected to win. And, and, and they just stayed in that fight. And I tell you what, if Kurt Eklund hadn't got back and tackled Mitch Hunt from that chip and chase, um, it could have been a different story. But it's those little effort areas that, that'll win. Those little moments add up. And it's like when you watch a review, when there's mistakes, you actually don't know they're big moments until after the game they go, oh, that's a big moment. It's like, mm. well, you don't actually know that at the time, do you? So it's been on for each minute and those, those small wins, as you just chalk them up, just keep chalking them up. If you've got more of those in the opposition, you're more than likely going to win and finals footy means all the all the extra things are more important the hard ball gets the desperation to you know get back on defense the desperation to set first win the race around the corner all those things and the pressure gets ratcheted up because you start thinking at 60 minutes when it's close there is no next week there is no review and that that starts to churn um, and and that's what makes it exciting And nerve-wracking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think when you compare it to other competitions, you've got the wild cards, obviously, in American sport, you know, where teams can get in and have that shot. You look at the McIntyre system within the NRL where teams have a week off. You know, all of these systems have got their little bits and bobs that people like or don't like. And in this particular case, you've got a classic one through eight quarterfinal setup. It's easy to understand. It gets a lot of teams involved and it creates excitement across the board why the hell wouldn't you want another team involved in this playoff system if it just means one more week to get through? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I just think it, yeah, and, and I think there's also, you know, potentials for crossover from other comps and things like that as well, so it, it makes sense to, to start how you want to finish. Mm. And you look at even English football, you know, you have your FA Cup, you've got your knockout competition, which is a completely different beast, mm. and then you've got your Premier League. We kind of fit those two things into one, and... It, it, it's a different string to your bow, Bryn, and you've got to have it to call yourself a champion. So why not go through it for another week? That's exactly it. And I think what I like about this structure as well, and probably there's been a little bit of um, you know, disagreement around previous competition structures around you know the conference system and being able to get the Australian and the South African teams getting a home final or home semi-final, quarter-final with New Zealand teams having more points. And so I've actually really enjoyed that. You've actually been rewarded around your performances throughout the year and you're getting home advantage based on just your point system um, whenever you've played everybody. So um, that's one thing that I've enjoyed as well. It, you know, if you win and you're consistent throughout the whole year, it um, doesn't matter where you're from, which country you're from, you've been able to get uh, rewarded with that with a home final, uh, home quarter final and been able to play that throughout the game, throughout the year. Yeah, that is really, really good. And even when you looked at the force and how big a run they made at getting it, you know, two wins in a week. And that was an impressive one against the Canes. Like, if mm. you look, if you yeah. watch that game, that first half, the Canes were all over them. And then they just fought and kept edging, you know, at the back end of that half and then came out and dominated. But, um, you know, if you, watch, if you just watched the first 20, you could have probably walked off and gone, oh, the Canes have got this easy. And certainly wasn't to be. 
So what will the Canes be making of that, Jip? You know, where do they need to get better? Well, I'd say it's probably that um, that one more ruck. You know, they created a lot of opportunities to score but then didn't due to forcing a pass. Um, so sometimes it's like if you just take that one more ruck, it might take two or three to get to the try line, but rather than yeah. chancing their own. But you do have to balance that with a team like the Canes because they have that moment of brilliance where they can yeah. score tries other teams can't. So it's just a, it's not about, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's, it's saying, guys, can we just, you know, make sure we win the collision first and then look for the offload rather than be still fighting to win the collision and trying to offload? If, if that's probably the only example I can give. But um, they, they, they have the ability to cut games open, but also in finals footy, sometimes maybe using your kicking game as, as a strategy as well and winning that territory battle and putting teams back into the corner and uh, not always having to run from 60 or 70 out. Uh, so could do, be another do they have a kicking game to beat the Brumbies in Canberra? I'm glad you, I'm glad you just brought that up because I think that's going to be a massive area um, for the Hurricanes over in over in Canberra, I think um, you know, you've obviously got Jordy. You've obviously got Jordy Barrett, who does a, a majority of their kicking with the long kicks. But I think it's going to be interesting to see what, what TJ Perinara does because I know that um, you know with those kind of jury conditions over in Canberra, being able to get your contestables right um, against the, the Brumbies is going to be really, really important. So I think you know if you're doing the preview, you're looking at um, the Brumbies, oh, sorry, the Hurricanes, and you know Jordy Barrett is a, is a massive part of their kicking game. But if you know if TJ can have those moments of being able to get the contestable game in severe and, uh, you know, Ray Arce who's playing really well, can get up and get those contestables back and you can get it to Geordie off those and be able to kick into the right-hand side corner or, or any other way where there is space. Um, I think that's going to be massive for them um, for this weekend. And I think also the set-piece battle is going to be huge for the Hurricanes. I think if they can stop the Brumbies' um, set-piece malls, which is, you know, when they get into a bit of pressure, they love to go to that. Um, but then also when the Hurricanes are able to attack off the off their lineouts, look, I think they've been one of the best teams in the comp when they've had opportunities to be able to get TJ into that first um, set of hands or get to that kind of centre and winger um, space um, of other teams. They've killed teams with their ability to be able to score tries or get over their advantage line. But you've got to be able to win your set piece ball. And so um, it's a big day for um for the hot for the for the Hurricanes in that forward pack, being able to get that set piece for us because I think whoever gets parity in that and their kicking game. We know that Nick White can do it and not Lollisier. It would just be interesting to see if the Hurricanes can do that with Tej and then obviously using Geordie Barrett's kicking game as well. I think uh, the best example of their kicking game and when they got the balance right, if you look on the weekend, they kicked 14 times, which isn't a hell of a lot, really, is it, Bryn? Like, I mean, you guys kicked, although you said it wasn't accurate, 33 times, so there's a big difference there. But the time they played you, Bryn, and they just kept putting you down there, even Julian got that 50-22, so they clearly had a strategy and a mindset that we have to pin them down there, and, and they got the balance right between chancing their arm on counter-attack and getting the ball down their end. I think if they can go in with that mindset and make really good decisions when that backfield's showing the pitches to kick to space, um, yeah, I think they'll give themselves it. I, I back them. I, I don't know what it is. I just have a feeling I think they're going to turn up there and, and dominate, and I just have this inkling the Brumbies have just almost lost how to win. Um, they've just yeah. lost their mojo a little bit. And, and that, that pressure's been ratcheting a, um, a hell of a lot in there, probably camping their heads for, for a few weeks now. Mm. It's two teams that are kind of not quite exactly where they need to be, and that makes it an interesting matchup. But I think it's like Bryn said, all the expectations on the Blues and there's nothing to lose on the Highlands. I feel like all the expectations still on the Brumbies. Mm. They're at home. Mm. They, they were second on the table and, and let it slip through this last three weeks. And I, I would say most people looking at it, 
you know, probably 70-30 split thinking the Brumbies will win this game. So I, I think there's a nothing to lose mindset and if they can just get those tactics right and, and make the right decisions of what the defensive pitches are showing you, man, they, they've got the ability to cut teams open this Canes team. Mm. I like that you brought up TJ earlier because as the season's gone on, TJ has gotten better and better and better. He's such a natural leader and such a natural strike weapon. And we're starting to see the TJ Perinata that we used to know and love. Yeah, and I think you see it when he's doing those quick taps and snipes. Like, he's just on. He's always on. He's on. And, and, and that's infectious in people around him. They know they've got to be on. They've got to be set because it could happen at any stage. Um, he, he's a key. There's probably the three keys, isn't it? You know, Artie, TJ and um, Geordie. Um, you know, and, and that takes the pressure off someone like Aidan Morgan who's, who's going into you know, his first finals game. So um, Colsey's back as well. I think that's massive. And Morby at the back too. He's very influential, Bryn, right now. Oh, he is. I think um, his running game and his, how, how strong he is when he's been running um, has been a massive um, influence on that, on that Hurricanes team. And look, you've got the likes of Ray Arce, um, Julian Severn, obviously Wes Houston, um, who was there as well, who's been great for that team. But Morby has just been warranted on his form because... Um, his ability to be able to get through contact and he's you know deceptively quick. Um, I didn't think he was that quick. Obviously, I played him a few times at, um, when we played for the Stags and that, but um, he seems to have another gear this year. And so, um, look, his form has been great. And if he can continue to keep getting over to the, those advantage lines, getting through um, that kind of, you know, Billy Proctor well, runs those lines and being able to get it out, out to him, um, he's got enough um, speed and, and power at the moment to be able to um, score tries or be able to get those offloads to be able to set up other players score tries. Mm. We saw some great tries from the draw on the weekend. Hambossi's, uh, that, that start to that length of the field try was just outrageous. Yeah, that was Rodovo's one, mm. wasn't it? 69th minute, my gosh. That was just, you almost thought he was under immense pressure and then out of nowhere he's through and it's a try at the other end. But don't, don't underestimate the temperature, eh, the conditions. Like you watch yes. Angus Tarvel when he scores his try, which is early on in the game. You know, Angus is a character. Mm. Uh, the sweat is just dripping off his lid into his face, and he's like, there, there was hardly any celebration. And I thought, man, it must be hot up there. Um, and Bryn, you've played there. It's it's very challenging oh, in those temperatures. Oh, honestly, it's just it's just so tough. It's um, it's weird because it's very it's very hot, but it's just humid as well. So the mm. ball's just so slippery. Um, you just seem you can't get out of second and third gear at all especially in the last you know 10-15 minutes of a, of a half you're just feeling absolutely buggered and I, honestly if that game went on for maybe two more minutes I think the Drew will get that game yeah I think the Chiefs honestly looking at that 79th minute 80th minute thinking when is this game going to be over because um, like I said last time had feet, um, had, um, um, even though we got pumped that day for the Maldives, um when they get on a run like that it's just it's hard to it's hard to stop it's the offload game it's been able to get through contact you just think the ball's going to die there and for whatever reason they can get that flick away you look at that try that um revolvo scored you know goes the wing and gets back from their own goal line you're thinking oh the radio we should get them camped down here nick minute you know that you're going 100 meters to score a try and so um yeah the chiefs will be thinking from that i'm glad we got four points out of that and there's things that I'll probably want to work on, but again, it's just so hard. And what a great way for next year for teams to be able to go to Fiji and go through that experience because they're going to be tough to Fiji and Dora when you're going to be playing in, in scenes like that and conditions that they're used to as well. Recovery then for the Chiefs, probably even more vital. Yeah, and, and there might be hopefully some players coming back. You know, we don't know where Sam Kane's at, but I think against Michael Hooper, he's he's quite a key cog. Mm -hmm. um, you don't want to push him 
too early, um, but you don't want to assume you're making the semis either. So they just they need to be confident who they go with in that seven jersey because Hooper's a player that man if he just gets on a run and and the ref sees him as showing good pitches and and he he challenges that breakdown, but then he gets in those wide channels and and you know starts running off special lineouts. Um, he's another one that can turn a game on its head. So um, you know they they're going to need a good form shift. Um, it's Arvo footy. So it shouldn't be too, I don't know if it's raining, but it shouldn't be, you know, dewy. Um, so I think it'll be running. There'll be a lot of running. So the Chiefs are well set up uh, from the conditions they're coming from. Did you like what you saw from Brody? Oh, 100%. He was, he's, he's a world-class player. And so I think it's, you know, set piece is what you just obviously know. And set piece is a, is a great way to be able to win your line-out ball when you're able to throw to him. But it's just his, his second and third efforts. It's his collision areas as well. And, like, when you get Sam, Sam Kane back and you get Brody Retallick in that forward pack, they're a different team. Mm. So hoping that, you know, Sam Kane's going to be okay and can play these final series. But look, having Brody Retallick back, um, they've missed him the last couple of years because what he brings through his collision area and being able to go forward when he ball carries, but then also defensively as well. We can really smoke in the, in the collision area and then being able to hunt and being able to get the jackal as well. Uh, yeah, there's a reason why he was the best player in the world. And he's got just all those traits that um, he can bring into this finals footy uh, along with Sam Kane. And if those two are together, um, it makes their full pack a lot more immense and a lot more formidable. Okay, let's get into our Super Rugby Dream Teams then. Oh, yeah. Yes, Brody Retallick. Uh, yeah, Bro- Brody's there. Yeah. Um, I'll go from the back, though. I've got Morby at 15. Um, I went Tima Whayanganuku at 14 for that Tuesday's performance. Guy wasn't in the team, brought in late and just destroyed. Uh, Vaihu from the Rebels, the left winger. I thought he was good yesterday. Um, Levi Moore at 13, Rovovo at 12, Christian Liliafano at 10. I went Flau Fakatava at 9. I just thought his impact it gave them a chance, an opportunity to win that game. Yolse uh, at 8, Anstey from the Force at open side, Funaki at 6 from Moana, uh, Brody at 5, Luke Romano at 4, Gus uh, Angus Tarval at 3, Ray Nuia at 2, and Joe Apikaitoa because I thought he came onto the game late. Um, with with um, a red card, he he came on and the other prop moved across. He went ten from ten, nine carries, and and got himself a little meat pie as well. So I thought for a guy that wasn't expecting big minutes, he played sixty three and um, was pretty um, effective. And he he would have been my player of the round. You in the same boat? Pretty similar forward pack. I've just got a couple of misses. Um, I've got Georgie Bauer. Um, I thought he was he was good for us on the weekend. Um, I've also got Ray Nuia uh, as well, Jip. I went Gus, Romano, Retallick, Funaki. Um, also went Ethan Blackadder at seven. Um, I thought Ansi was good. Um, he was he was pretty close to me, but I went um, Blackadder. I went Marino at number eight. I think, look, I think if he can play continuing how he's playing, um, it gives the Highlanders a great chance to be able to get that result up in Auckland. Um, I went Falau as well. I actually went Pryor. I went Pryor was real close for Pryor and was with his game against the Moana Pacifica. I thought he was influential and his game against that. Um, I've gone Christian Liliafano, Jimmy Tawatawawai uh, from Moana Pacifica. What a great year um, he had. I went Richard Kahui as well at 12. Um, I thought he was great um, for the force in that result um, uh, against Moana Pacifica. I've got Levi Moore, Tima Whanganuku, and I was going to go Will Jordan, but I think Morby was, uh, was outstanding on the weekend. Uh, let's move on from one dream team to another. Tonga. Oh, wow. You, when you look at the guys they brought in, Falau, Fekitoa, Charles Piertau, Augie Pulu, and then you could add possibly Fafita, Mawala, Kepu. You know, the list goes on. Atu Moli. There are so many players in this squad come November. 
that will make them a real force. And motivated. They've, they really want to be there. They've wanted to be there for a number of years. Now they've got the opportunity. They'll, they will want to make every post a winner. They, they, they are now a serious threat. Mm. Uh, and it's not just the skill set of those players, the, the IP they've got from the years of um, high performance environments they've been in and their ability to upskill those around it, help the coaches out in terms of systems and game plans. I mean, there's just so much to like and get excited about. Um, you know, I'm talking about Super Rugby Pacific and we're talking about 8th and 9th who's finishing where. You know, this just adds more energy to our game and it's exactly what we need. Who excites you the most, Bryn? Oh, I tell you what, Charlie Piertel. Um, okay. I think it's it's a shame. It's a shame that we haven't been able to see this guy um, at at you know at international level. Obviously, played for the All Blacks and was great for us when he represented us. But look, he's probably been when he's gone away to Bristol, you know, one of the highest paid players in rugby, and we just haven't been able to see him at a World Cup. And so, I'd like to think that you know he's, he's still in a rich reign of form and he's still you know had the ability to be able to really um, play at a high standard come World Cup time. And so. He's probably one guy that I've really wanted to look forward to because I know I've been fortunate enough to play with him and been able to defend him. It's tough, Jim. You would have had a couple of one-on-ones with him when we had tackling jewels back in the day. Mm. Um, he is great. He's a great person with footwork and I guess more so his leadership qualities and what he brings as a person as well. Even before when he was at the Blues, he was a big part of the leadership and been able to bring the Pacific Islander boys through and um, been able to talk to them. But we would have gone to another level now with our um, ability they had at Bristol. Um, and so... He's one guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing um, playing for Tonga. One of the hard parts for them, though, is that they're in the pool of death. Like, it shouldn't be called the pool of death. This is the pool of hell. Like, really, now, when you look at their team, the Springboks, Ireland and Scotland, you know, making the quarterfinals is not easy for any of them. It won't be easy, but the pressure's not on them. No. No. It's it's a funny, you know, we've seen the Springboks slip up against Japan before and... um, World Cups, you know, Ireland have had, had moments as well. Um, and they've just got nothing to lose. Um, and, and they've got time together now. You know, it's not going to be a short lead-in. This isn't just before the World Cup. They've, they've got a good year of footy to embed some systems and processes and know what they're coming into to, to have a crack at winning the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So, Bryn, looking at it right now, who do you think makes it out of that pool? Who's, who, who's, who's the pool? It's Ireland... South Africa. Africa. Oh, you'd have to think South Africa and South Africa and Ireland would be the two. What those teams have though, Brenna, is they win physicality and that's how they get on top of you. And they'll win those collisions and then they'll put the ball in front of their forwards and they just plug away and they're just relentless in that. Tonga aren't going to be easy to dominate physically. So they'll they'll have to come up with a different style or they just go head to head and best man wins out of you know those collisions and and that's 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 a bolder play i would say i think the i think obviously the the game management is going to be a, a big part of that as well yeah, I think really hard him, yeah yeah him being good i mean in that team i don't know which way the direction they go but i think having time with, with tasman and um, being able to play in kind of um key games and decision making with players with mitch hunt and being able to see what that looks like and then obviously being with Moana Pacific and learning from, you know, the likes of Christian Liliofano for the whole year would probably be invaluable for him to go on that tour. But um, I think it's going to be those kind of, um, we talk around being able to play too much. If they're going to play too much, what's plan B? Are they yeah. able to have the kicking game? Obviously, Polu um, will be massive for them. Obviously, Sonatane Takalu is there, who's um, being a stalwart of Tonga rugby. But having that one-two punch is going to be great for them. And they've got great decision makers around that. 
Um, and then it, again, it's just been able to be real, real smart game management wise. And we've got guys like Charlie Piertel, Jordan Weiler, who've been in those big games and experiences have been able to give those guys like a Fene, the Fene Anisi, who's in that, who's a young player in that, in that team. So physicality wise, they're always there or thereabouts and they'll, they'll bring that, but they always bring that as a, as a Tongan team. Um, but it's those game management skills and they've got enough players there now that can really understand them and hopefully get the best out of that moving forward. Mm, wow. Uh, you definitely say the Springboks in Ireland are the, the favourites to do it still. But if they can get um, someone in that 10 jersey that has confidence in what he's trying to achieve tactically, like Bryn says, you know, they, they become a chance. Mm. You get your win against Scotland and you hope for the best against the other two. Yeah, that won't you know. be easy though. Yeah. Scotland, are, you know, they're, they're, they're forming quite a strong team. Mm. It is, I mean, that's a hell of a pull. <laughs> it's nasty. It's really nasty. Yeah. It's, so I just want that because, correct me if I'm wrong, Ross, the World Cup gets drawn out two years before the World Cup, right? For the what the for the pool sector. is that right? That's about right. Yeah. Do you, do you feel that's that's fair? Or is it too it early? Be done later, like a year out. A year out. I suppose the hard part is logistically. You know, got when, to book things. Yeah, you when you, you talk to base. Darren Shand about what he did in the lead up to going to Tokyo, you know, he was over there a lot of times in the two years previously, finding the right hotels, finding the training grounds, the bus routes, you know, all of those things. That it's. It's you, a pretty tough job. You don't just turn up, Brenner. Hey, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the background, mate. <laughs> yeah, but it, it does seem by rights pretty difficult, but I think that's pretty much what it comes down to, right? I'd Where are you going to so. play and, and how are you going to do mm. it? What hotels are needing to be bought? I mean, it'd, yeah. it'd be, the logistics would be yeah. mind-blowing. Imagine if you brought all of the players into one big hotel at the very start of the tournament Put them in a massive auditorium and then did the draw in front of them and let them go. Like, and then, like, then you drew out the hotels. I'm just meaning more so because you know so much can change in those two years. And it's no, like, I know what you mean. Ranking. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I'd say it's a logistical thing. Yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah. I was being facetious. Sorry, but it, it isn't fair, yeah. really. It doesn't take into account form leading in at all. No, um, but it also weights the importance of form going into that two years. Yeah. So it actually means you can't, you know, you, you've got to actually structure to perform in that first two-year block yep. to then start building. You know, it adds an element of uh, yeah. discipline to I'd be like good to see all it. four I'd, years. I'd like to see it a year out. Yeah, I'd like to see it a, see it a year out because it's just, um, yeah, that's, that's just my preference. Two years, I understand it, but... A year out would be nice just to be able to see you're awarded around a year out from the World Cup. These are the settings based on where you are in the world, um, rank, world rankings-wise, and, and going from there. You know um, Alex is going to write an article that says Champion Crusader <laughs> demands year out <laughs> pool picking for World Cup. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully not the word demand, just uh, an idea. Demands. <laughs> That's right. Demands. It gets the clicks. Right here, the word demand gets idea, the clicks. Please. Yeah, yeah, Tony. Yeah. Alex is our producer. Thank you, Alex. He sets up all of our questions and talking points each week. He also writes for RugbyPass.com. So, yeah, thank you very much, Alex. Please write that article. Yeah. Make it sensational. <laughs> and tag, bro. <Brandon. laughs> tag him right in. Tag, yeah, tag oh. everybody in. Tag, you know, Mark Robinson. Yeah. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, let him all go. Well, should we call that Rethinking Rugby for this week? Um, <laughs> and we'll get into a different topic oh, for right. next week. That's, that's a good idea. Next oh. week, stick on by because we've had a request and next week we'll talk about locks. Do you need specialist locks in rugby these days because you can lift and line outs? This is coming from Lock K. 
on YouTube, <laughs> one of our YouTube watchers. So we'll get into that next week, boys. Prepare your argument. Um, now, before we go, just quickly touch on Damien McKenzie, uh, top try scorer. I mean, top scorer, sorry, in the Japan League. Um, didn't manage to win the final with Suntory against Panasonic on the weekend, 18-12. Does he return to the All Blacks when he gets home, considering what we've seen around the place? He's in some form. Don't get me wrong, I, I got the um, privilege of calling that final, and had he um, had the set-piece platform he needed, that would have been a different story. They just couldn't win their, their line-out ball when they were pinged at scrum time, which just didn't enable them to get their game going. Um, but man, it, he created some stuff that other players can't. He's got experience. Um, so um, I don't know what all the rules are around that, um, mm. but I would say from an All Black selector's point of view, if he's available in terms of ticking all the right boxes um, that's needed, then you, you would. I don't see how you wouldn't. You wouldn't. From memory, with TJ returning off contract, he had to play NPC right in order to then get... Yeah, I, I know there'll be some loopholes he's got to get through before he's available. Um, but I suppose what I'm trying to say, I've called a lot of the Japanese um, uh, League One and every game that I've called of his, he's just been you know, hugely influential and just his usual self. You know, his courage on D, some of, <laughs> some of the tackles he made yesterday, he just, man, he's, he's definitely from the deep south. Yeah, yeah. I remember there was a game um, against the Crusaders where Nemanja Nandolo was charging into the corner and little old Damien McKenzie yeah. flies out and tackles him into the touch. Oh, I know. The most unreal thing I've ever seen. Uh, he just, yeah, he's got some courage and he just is so... His desire to win is very evident in the way he plays. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, the Chiefs could use him this weekend. He's kicking goals too. Mm. Man, he's he's been accurate with his kicks everywhere. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Jip. I think if they have the opportunity to be able to get him back, I think just with his form in Japan, and he's also proven um, at that level. But I think there maybe the only there's only probably one other guy that I'm thinking they might get that opportunity before Damien if there's a bit of loophole around him playing a little bit longer and not being available for the um, Tell me it's it's actually Perifeta. Yeah. It is, Jip. Um, his ability that he's had, um, been able to have that 10, 15 role, very similar to what um, you know, Damo is doing. And if um, if Damo isn't available in those first three test matches, um, it's a good chance for probably Stevie P to be able to get that opportunity to have that third, third 10, who seems like they have to be able to cover 15. And, you know, Stevie P can do that as well. Oh, I think he'll get picked, Stevie. Especially if he, I mean, they maybe still have question marks, but if he can perform in this final series under pressure, um, he's definitely had, and what, what the All Black selectors normally look at is, you know, that two year, that 24 months, and he has been in great form across all of that, and injury free, which has been key for him. Mm, mm. I mean, when he first came on the scene, people would have thought this would have happened a couple of years ago. Uh, certainly in the Blues camp, it was like, mm. this kid, you know. But it just takes time, man. Like, it is, it's such a hard position to just come in and dominate. You, you know, it's a very rare player to, to be able to do that. And you've got to be injury-free. Yeah. yeah, and he, his body has let him down a number of times. I think other than his body, I think the team that he's playing with as well the last 24 months has been able to help him mm. to get what he needed. So it's been able to have this, the, the people around him to be able to concentrate on his own role and he's yeah. got the trust of the others to be able to do their job and you get the best out of Stevie P being able to, whether it's running, kicking, or even kicking goals now, um, he's pretty consistent around his goal kicking. So... Um, it's a testament to that Blues environment and what they're bringing to be able to bring the best out of Stevie P because you're right, probably when he first came on the scene, there were big reps around him and thinking, yep, he's going to push for all black honours, but through injury and then probably form and not getting what he wanted through the game management side of what it takes to be a 10, uh, 
we went away, performed at Taranaki, and now we're seeing that at the Blues, not for a, for a second campaign at a, at a very high standard. Yeah, and he, he no longer has to put up with that battling front row of James Parsons. <laughs> He's got better people it's around. Cheers, bro. No, thanks for the compliment, mate. <laughs> I was many more so than no, one just, the backs, you know. I, I, just thought, I just thought I'd better get myself before, you know, the, the keyboard comes out and they just pay me out. I'll just get myself. Now I'm, you know, I'm protected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, oh, well, at least he knows it. We won't bag him too much. <laughs> Yeah, mate. Well, battlers rough. Yeah, hundred super rugby nah, games. Yeah, nah. there's no battling there. Nah, nah. So, look, it wasn't a, it wasn't a fish for compliments. I just really wanted to call my mate out on uh, <laughs> bagging our previous squads right in front of me, <laughs> which he was a part yeah, of. I was yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah, 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 bagging exactly. while I was there. Well, as well. We were no good. <laughs> oh, well, okay. What a way to finish. No, well, what a way to finish. <laughs> well, the Blues are bloody good this weekend, so why don't we go through the results that we think are going okay, to happen. Yeah. Obviously, Crusaders for you and Crusaders Reds. Crusaders, Crusaders for you. Yeah. Okay. Chiefs, Tars. Chiefs. 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 But the Tars are a chance, possibly. Blues, Highlanders. Blues. 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 Brumbies, Hurricanes. Canes. Canes and? I'm going to go Brumbies. You're not a patriot, mate. Ooh, that's bold. I'm going to go Brumbies. Yeah. Just going to go Brumbies. All right. Okay, so where does that leave us for our semi final look? It'd be Blues, Hurricanes for me, Blues, Brumbies for yep. me, old mate. Yeah. And then Chiefs, Crusaders. I'll look forward to seeing this next weekend when you guys are right on the money. Brody's just. Yeah, you know, ready to go down south. <laughs> Sam came back fresh. Yeah, it's all go. <laughs> it's all go. Well, thank you very much, Bryn. Good luck for the weekend. Um, I hope the body comes together nicely and uh, you get a nice big win versus the Reds. Thanks, mate. Looking forward, looking forward to hopefully getting out there. Yeah, yeah, and good luck to you this weekend. You're going to be in the stands. You're going to be on the sideline? I'll be on the sideline for the yeah, Blues game. Yeah, yeah, um, talking, talking, you know, sweet nothings. Yeah, yeah, chasing them down the sideline <laughs> with the microphone. <laughs> go, you good <laughs> thing, go! <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm so, enjoy that game. We yeah, look well. forward to them getting a little bit closer to that title. Not that I'm supporting the Blues at all right you're now. On, you're on the wagon. I'm, I'm on the wagon. I'm sorry, I'm on the wagon. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to be. No, you're happened. not, Ross. Dalton Papali'i is a Steelers member. Yeah, that's right. You've got to jump on. Yeah, on board. On board with Dalton. See, I've got him. I've got him across the line. There are a number of uh, counties players around the place, but, you know. The the skip, though. It's Dalton. It's Dalton. Okay, well, thank you very much, Bryn. Thanks, Chipper, and thank you all for watching. We'll see you all next week when we know exactly what's going on with the semifinals. Make sure you watch Sky for all the action in the rugby quarterfinals and Super Rugby this weekend, and go to rugbypass.com for all that analysis, including whatever Bryn had to say this week, which is sensationally put there in place. So, yeah, thank you very much. See you next time. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.